It's time for another Holiday Hot Mess episode of Keeping the Yuletide Gay with Gason. So get ready to join us as we find five golden rings hidden in our Christmas closet. Welcome to another episode of Keeping the Yuletide Gay with Gason, or as my friends call me, just Jason. Happy September, everyone. We are at the start of the Burr months. That's right. We are starting our countdown from September to October to November to finally our favorite month, December. In this episode, we'll learn about those beautiful decorations at the top of your tree. Mrs. Claus has a fluffy new treat for you. And Ned has some, I wish you could see me doing the air quotes right now, colorful crayons for you to discuss. And just a reminder, our show is not for younger listeners as we use some language and discuss some adult themes that will definitely land us on Santa's naughty list. So let's get on with the show and start things off with our five minute festive fun fact. Well, hello, my holiday elves, and welcome back to our five-minute festive fun facts segment. This month, we are starting at the top of the Christmas tree, that is. Yeah, that's right. We're starting tops. Mm-hmm. We received an email from listener Louisa asking us, Hey, Gason, why do we put a topper on our tree? And I, I didn't know. I like to think that I know a lot about Christmas, but I had no idea where the actual topper came from. I just assumed somebody said, Hey, it's pretty. Let's put a top tree. Call it a day. Um, but uh, that is not true, because according to sources on the internet, where we get all of our information these days, the Christmas tree topper actually became very popular by Queen Victoria of England in 1848, when an engraving, or basically a picture of Queen Victoria, her husband, Prince Albert, and their children uh, were actually decorating their Christmas tree um, at Windsor Castle. And it was published in the Illustrated London News. Now, in that picture, while they were decorating their tree, their tree was decorated with candles and various ornaments, and it was topped with an angel. Now, that image there of the angel on the top of the tree is what really became standard for Christmas trees and their decorations going forward. Now, for those of you that may not practice the tradition of putting up a Christmas tree, a Christmas tree topper is simply just a decorative piece put on the top of the Christmas tree. So typically, most Christmas trees have at least one branch that's going all the way to the tippy 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 top. Um, that is where you would put your tree topper. Now, tree toppers come in various forms and they have kind of evolved and changed throughout the generations. A typical tree topper is a star uh, and that kind of represents the star of Bethlehem that guided the wise men to the manger. Also, of course, is the angel, which is what Queen Victoria had on her tree. And the angel has honestly just represented the angels that stood watch over the manger uh, the angels that spoke to mary the angels that led the wise men it's a very christian uh, tradition to have the uh, the angels now angels themselves actually evolved as tree toppers because originally they started out with like paper wings 
um, that looked a little bit like lace, and they would occasionally have like puffs of cotton around them to reflect like their cloud-filled or heavenly surroundings. And then eventually they became really um, pricey and got some porcelain heads, new hairstyles, all kinds of things like that. Other tree toppers can include things like uh, a spire um, found at like the top of a cathedral, so like an actual spire, so blown glass, uh, styrofoam, plastic, things like that. Also, some folks put up giant ribbon bows at the top of their tree. Santa Claus, Father Christmas, also can stand at the top of the tree. A lot of folks like birds, things like owls and doves. And uh, more recently, it's becoming a little bit more popular, a burst of sun. Like it's like a sun with a sunburst coming out. So it's pretty, pretty. As I stated before, a lot of tree toppers are becoming plastic now, but um, some fancier ones have some electronics with them. So you can have some light up tree toppers. My parents have a tree topper that is Santa in a plane and it uh, is electric and it spins around the top of the tree and that's super cute, not gonna lie. Many people are actually using Christmas tree toppers for other decorative purposes, not just putting them at the top of trees anymore. In fact, our own Christmas Carol taught me a hack that you can take some of those Christmas tree toppers and actually use them as centerpieces on your tables and your counters, making them into festive winter scenes, cute things like that. Also, we know that Christmas tree toppers are such a big deal because they've been cemented in Christmas music. Just look at the lyrics from one of the most beautiful Christmas songs ever, 1943's Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. The lyric, hang a shining star upon the highest bough, is referencing the highest branch at the top of the tree. Yeah. I didn't know about that. I'm not going to lie. That's something I just learned. <laughs> Oh my, I change out my tree topper about, I don't know, once every three to four years. And this year's tree topper is a blown glass snowflake. So it's a giant snowflake. And when the lights uh, are turned on on the tree, it uh, they really bounce and reflect well off of the snow uh, of the snowflake. And it also puts a really beautiful pattern on the ceiling. And I am fancy. So I have a... <laughs> I have a rotating Christmas tree stand so that my tree turns around and it, when the light hits that snowflake and it reflects on the ceiling, it makes this really awesome kaleidoscope pattern thing that's happening and it's gorgeous and wonderful. I might keep that one for a little bit longer. Let's, let's be honest. I'm pretty fancy and I like my fancy tree topper. What kind of tree toppers do you use? I want to know. You can let us know by sharing them uh, with this episode at Gabbing with Gason's Facebook page. And of course, as always, if you're like Louisa and you want to know something about Christmas and you think it would make a great festive fun fact, shoot us an email at keepingtheyuletaggay at gmail.com. Well, the sounds of sherry being poured lets us know it's time to head back to the Christmas kitchen for Mrs. Claus's tasty treats for your holiday fun times. Cheers. Hello, dear listeners. I'm so excited you're back in my kitchen with me once again. You know we're only three short months away from Christmas Eve. So... Because it's September. Listen, it's time to start testing out your new holiday delights for your friends and family so that you can master them and be ready for your holiday parties. You know, even old Mrs. C has to practice some dishes every now and then. I do, because I don't know everything. I know a lot. I know a lot. But practice makes perfect. Unless you're Mitzi. You know, the kitchen elf. 
No, dear, I didn't call you. It's no, no. Go, go back to alphabetizing the spoons. It'll keep you busy. Anyway, listen, we're back with a guest. Yes, we have another guest in my kitchen. It's everyone's favorite transportation elf, Monty. Welcome back, Monty. Ah, oh, geez, thanks for having me back there, Mrs. C. Oh, of course, Monty. We've, you know, you've become quite the requested guest, according to Gason. And I hear you've become quite popular here at the pole, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that's great to hear. Yeah, let's, uh, let's just say I, uh, I don't have to worry about finding a date no more to our monthly elf balls. <laughs> yeah, my, my social calendar's definitely filling up. Oh, I do love to hear about romance. But, you know, you're back here today because you're going to share another one of your family's recipes. But you know what the rule is. We have to toast. So first, let me get you some sherry. Hmm. There's a lot there. We go to the top, Monty. And let me top off mine. It's a, it's a pretty big glass you got there. That's how we do it. Oh, we'll have to get another bottle during a break. That bottle's empty. That's fine. All right, here we go. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> mm, so good. All right. Now, Monte, your treat today, I've got to make sure I got it right, is called the Holiday Fluff. And you said it makes 20 servings. Yeah, it's a family recipe. We're going to talk about it. Uh, listen, I'm going to tell you the ingredients today. And I've noticed you brought everything already. We don't have to do anything. This is so different. You know, you're such a prepared elf, unlike... I don't want to say her name. It's been like you say it three times and she appears like a certain spectre. Listen, you know, when we, uh, we're working down in transportation, we gotta be prepared. We gotta get stuff done fast. We ain't got time to play around, you know. We got checklists for a reason. Alright, so for your ingredients today, you're gonna need one three-ounce package of instant vanilla pudding mix. Because, listen, we're doing it quick. Alright, I know Mrs. C makes her own pudding by hand and that's fine. But today we're doing it fast. Two cups of milk, one and a half cup of those uh, mini marshmallows, one cup of red uh, glazed cherries, you know, the red candy cherries, the sticky kind, and then you also need a cup of the green sticky cherries, the green uh, candied ones, uh, a cup of white chocolate almond bark, and you want it cut up in some pretty, sh uh, like, like small pieces, okay, you don't want people to choke, but you know, they need to know that they're there, because it adds a bit of flavor. And uh, three cups of that uh, whipped tapping. I know Mrs. C makes her own, but uh, listen, we, we got some help from that too. So we got some of that instant kind that you get at your grocery store. And then, of course, two tablespoons of crushed up candy canes. All right, two tablespoons after you crush them, okay? You can take out some of your anger on that if you got, like, a boss that won't get off your ass. I mean, hump. We can cuss on this show, right? I don't know. Listen, if anyone gets into trouble, it's going to be me, and I will talk to Gason, and I'll tell him, remember, you're my guest in my kitchen, but also he's still the boss of the podcast, but not the boss of Santa. No. But that's fine. Anyway. All right, and then for kitchen tools, Monte, uh, you said we just need a large mixing bowl, measuring cups, spoons, and uh, a, a mixer or a whisk if you want to do it the old-fashioned way. 
That's uh, that's literally all you need. This is a very quick, easy recipe. It does take a little bit of prep time, but uh, you know, half hour tops. You can whip this up real quick. Well, you should know step one, Monty, is with toast with sherry. So here we go. We'll take another sip. Cheers, Cheers my holiday queers. I noticed that you uh, you sip your sherry pretty loud there. That's because I know it's good and I like it to just roll onto my tongue. Hmm, it's better that way. Trust me. Okay, uh, thanks for that. So, uh. Alright, let's, uh, let's do this. You know, we gotta get the milk out of the fridge, because I didn't have that out, because we don't want no spoiled milk. Alright. So here's the deal. The first thing we gotta do, Mrs. C, is, is make the pudding. Okay? That's all. We're just gonna mix the pudding together. Alright? So we're gonna take our... Our instant mix, because... You know, not all of us is fancy like you, that can make... Make pudding from scratch. You know, that's all right. That's okay. You gotta do what you gotta do, right, Mrs. C? Absolutely, Monty. Not everyone can do it, and I'm not going to even pretend that I've not used the instant pudding myself. You know, in a pinch, or if I'm testing something, I'll, I'll, I'll use the pudding myself. It's not a big deal that way. All right, so we're gonna mix the, the pudding with the milk. And remember, you, uh, you want two cups out of milk. All right, two cups. Just getting it right up there to the right line there, Mr. C. All right. Perfect. Okay. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna do it the old-fashioned way here today, and we're actually gonna whisk it by hand because I don't want to deal with the mixes. Trying to keep you to have as less dishes as possible. So, give me just a second, Miss C. I'm gonna whip this up. So uh, I'm going to whisk this by hand and uh, we'll be, as you say, right back. And we're back. And, uh, you know, you whisk this pudding until you get the good firmness, you know, right there. What I didn't know is during these uh, breaks that Mrs. C takes, we, uh, we have some more drinks. It's kind of nice. And li listen, that's what we do, because you deserve a cocktail. Everybody does. All right. The, the next thing you're, you say we've got to do now is what? Well, the next thing we're going to do is a fold, as you use it in your professional terms. We're going to fold in uh, the whipped topping stuff from the store, because I'm not that fancy. So You want to make sure it's thawed pretty good, because you're going you're gonna to fold it in. So give me a second here. Can't really hear it on the on the mic, but uh, we're folding over here. All right, I don't want anybody to think I'm chintzing them out on a on a thing there. So uh, getting this all out, you know, one tub of this works. All right, just one tub. You don't gotta you don't gotta go out. But I mean, if you're making a bunch of it, then you know, it's, you might want more, obviously. But uh, so yeah, we just when we fold, you're just folding it in as a mixture there. You're doing an excellent job folding. I might be, you know, if you need a, a, a career change, I will take you in this kitchen for sure. <laughs> well, thank you, uh, Mrs. C. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how Santa would feel about that. <laughs> you know, 
I mean, I, it would be an honor to come in here and help. This is honestly fun. Your last time I was here, we talked about the recipe while you, after you made it. And this time you said I could come back and make it too. And uh, to be honest, I'm just thrilled. All right, this is thrilling. All right, so I got it all folded in. And then the next thing is you're just going to start adding in all your stuff. So I've got my, uh, my almond bark there and I'm just going to... You just chuck it in. That's it. Throw your spoon in the sink. Give that a quick little whiskey around. All right. Uh, the next thing we're going to do is we're going to uh, add in our, our cherries. All right. So get some of those out. And remember, it's a cup. All right. It's a cup of cherries. So, And it's not a bad idea, is it, Mrs. C, to go ahead and start mixing the stuff in as you're pouring it in because... You know, it will uh, kind of mix all the ingredients around. That's what I learned from you, you know. You know, listen, everybody. As he's mixing this in, it's getting real colorful, right? And you can put as many cherries and whatever candies, anything you want in there, right, Monte? Absolutely. Next up, we're going to put in our, all of our marshmallows, all right? Remember... It's a, it's a cup and a half, but uh, listen, go wild, okay? You can do as many as you want, because this is, this is for fun. And it's going to taste amazing. And uh, trust me, people are going to, they're going to love it, all right? They're just going to love it. So give it all a good mix around in there. All right, now listen, uh, we got to put this in the fridge for about 15 minutes to firm up, all right? Uh, because we want that, we want that pudding to kind of, kind of solidify. So we're just gonna slide that in there for a bit. And then when we come back, we'll add our, our next, uh, our final step, you know? Now, Monty, while we have some time, where did this recipe come from? I figured you was gonna ask me that, because this is a family recipe. So this actually came from my great aunt Ivana Fluff. Aunt Ivana wasn't the most popular elf in the town, sadly. Um, you know, not everybody's always the superstar, right? Just kind of how it happens. But we should be kind to each other. But she just wasn't that popular. Um, and so for like 30 years, until she made this recipe, honestly, Mrs. C, she was never invited to one of our elf balls. Yeah, let alone be able to marvel at how amazing our elf balls are. You've seen lots of elf balls. I know that for a fact, Mrs. C. You've been there. You've been there. And I bet you could spend hours talking about how big and glorious they truly are. You're right, Monty. There's nothing like seeing an elf ball up close in person to truly understand how great they are. Your elf balls definitely wear me out for sure. I remember a few where I couldn't walk home straight the next morning. <laughs> And let me tell you, listeners, an elf ball hangover is no joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know we know how to party, Mrs. C. Anyway, so this one year, Aunt Ivana was determined to get invited to the elf ball. So, at every elf ball, you date whoever asks who. The receiver has to bring a dish, and it needs to be like a dessert, Okay. So you bring a dessert, or you can, we changed the rules about 50 years ago, and you could, you could bring a cocktail instead of, you know, a jello shot. <laughs> Something pretty simple, but it's fine. Anyway, so 
Aunt Ivana decided she was going to get invited to that ball. So she started making all kinds of desserts in her kitchen. And she worked day and night. But literally nothing was turning out right. She even thought about doing uh, the wreath arounds. But decided that, that was she's going to kill it. So this didn't matter. Now, two days before the ball, she's sitting there. Now, listen. Elf balls are huge. All right? You got to feed a lot of folks. So... We have to go to the market just like everybody else, right? That's how the, there's a whole system up here at the North Pole. Just like, it's just like where you live, all right? So anyway, listen to me. All the markets were sold out of all the stuffs that you need, okay? They basically just had a couple of basic necessities. We all know how it gets. We've gotten much better with our supply chain issues up here. But you know, anyway, I digress. So... She comes back home, she's super upset, and all she has is some stuff to make some pudding, some whipped topping, and she's got a couple things of candy cherries left. Alright, and, so, and, and a candy cane. So, she's like, alright, well, she says to herself, Ivana, if you want to go to the ball, you better get your ass in gear and just whip something up. And so she did, she threw everything in the bowl, started whipping it around. And she decided to call it a fluff. She put a piece in of a of a fluff in her mouth, tasted her fluff, and said, "This is amazing fluff. I'm gonna get invited to the ball." Now, not a lot of people knew this at the time, but she had a huge crush on one of the bankers in town, you know. And his name was Ainita. All right, these listen. This was many, many, many years ago. Okay, those are very old traditional elfin names. All right, Ivana Ainita. Okay, so anyway. So she she goes to see single banker Uncle Ainita, spoiler alert, and she says, hey, try this new thing. I call it my fluff. And he says, okay, I'll try it, Ivana. Apparently, years later, we found out he'd had a crush on her too, but was just too shy to talk to her. Shoot your shot, all right? Just telling you, everybody, to somebody you like, shoot your shot. If you find out they don't like you back... Okay, great, you can move on to the next person that's probably better for you anyway. And if you find out they do like you, then there you go, alright? You win either way. So anyway, so he tries a fluff, he falls in love with it, he says it's the best fluff he's ever had in his mouth, and he asks her to the ball right then and there. She takes the fluff to the ball, and I don't know who had the first taste of her fluff, but whoever did, told everybody else about Ivana's fluff, alright? People couldn't get enough of my Aunt Ivana's fluff in their mouth. I mean, they, the bowl was empty within about 15 minutes. She became super popular after that. Everybody loved her. And so, you know, shortly after, probably about a year dating, uh, Uncle Ainita married Aunt Ivana. And now, you know, Uncle Ainita Fluff is married to my Aunt Ivana Fluff. And Aunt Ivana Fluff has passed this recipe down for generations. She's given it to, to her little fluffers. And, uh, you know, that's that's how this recipe came to be. Oh, Monty, what a beautiful story. I'm so happy for your aunt and uncle. Well, I know that we've only been talking for a few minutes, but the fluff still needs to, to be a bit more time to firm up. So we'll be right back. Get your sherry filled back up. Alright, we're back! Alright, now, Monty, what's the last step? Well, the last step is, uh, is just adding the candy canes, right? You want to do that right before you serve them. Uh, you serve it up because you don't want it to, like, get unpretty, melt in there. That's what's gonna happen. 
But yeah, so I just sprinkle my candy canes on top and mix it up again. Give it another fluff and you're ready to go. Well, perfect. Let's taste it. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm so excited right now. I'm like a kid. <laughs> to make sure I get some candy cane and a cherry and... Okay. You know I like my meadows. Here we go. Okay, here we go. I'm so excited. Mmm. Mmm. Mmm, okay. Oh, that peppermint adds just the right crunch that you want. Mmm. Mmm, Monte. You've outdone yourself. <laughs> Thank you, damn Mrs. C. I appreciate it. So now you can make uh, the fluff, you know? Listen, Monte. Uh, I bought this for Thanksgiving dinner, so, you know, get ready. I'm going to bring it into the kitchen, I think, to help us prep this fluff. You mean for all, all of us? Yes, Monty, this is delicious. All right. Like, this will serve, you know, like you said, 20 people. So we're going to need, uh, you know, four or five hundred more batches. I might want you to supervise. So we'll figure it out, okay? Oh, jeez, Missy C, that'd be an honor. I hope I can get off of the, off of the work, you know, because that, that's a busy time for us, checking everything out right before the big times. But, uh... I've got it taken care of, don't worry, dear. Listen, everyone. It's delicious. You have to make the fluff. And until next time. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Monty, do you want to finish it out? In happy treat tasting. Hey there, my holiday elves. Well, we were going to have a classic or not so classic review of Snowden's Christmas with holiday helper Kristen. However, the audio is now damaged. And unfortunately, there wasn't enough time to re-record the segment. And I'm sure you're asking, like, how did that happen? And all I can say is this. We are investigating. We've got the North Pole police assisting us because there was some baking flour and a small shoe print left at the computer where we house our recordings. Um, we're not really quite sure what happened. It's definitely a mystery and uh, we'll be looking into it because I don't want to say it's sabotage yet. I don't want to say that. Just saying that it was there and it was great and now it's damaged. So. Instead, we put together a review of the holiday Christmas commercial most known love titled Christmas Bells. Enjoy. That's right, we are reviewing Christmas Bells, the American television commercial produced by the Hershey Company promoting its Hershey Kisses. Originally, it was made using stop motion in December of 1989 when it first aired, and then it was redone in 2012 with uh, CGI, and it has been played that way ever since. It is the longest-running television commercial for the Hershey brand. 
Now, there was some controversy in 2020 when a new version of the commercial was introduced on November 23rd, and that version depicted a hand reaching into the frame and taking the red kiss that everybody loves that plays the last note and using it. The little girl used it with her father to bake cookies. People were pissed. They got a lot of backlash. Then Hershey came out and said, hey, we're sorry. We're going to air both commercials. Then they put quickly put together a third commercial that aired a month later in response to this controversy. And in it, the red kiss that was taken by the girl is missing, but quickly hops back into the frame uh, to finish out the last note. Uh, people were still not happy. So clearly we only want our Christmas bells. We don't need an update to it. Okay, we just want it. Of course, my favorite part of the commercial is the star, the little red kiss that rings its little heart out, and then finishing with that cute little phew sound as it uses its label to wipe its brow. Super cute. It's my favorite part of the entire thing. This commercial is a true sign of the Christmas holiday, in my opinion, and it will always get five candy canes and will always be considered a classic Christmas commercial. Just when you think the show can't get any worse, it's time for Naughty Ned's White Elephant GIF suggestions. I'm sorry. episode with a Christmas memory or tradition from one of my friends. I invited Kristen back to tell us one of hers. If you'd like to share a Christmas memory or tradition or special gift that you've received, don't forget to email us at keepingtheyuletidegay at gmail.com and we'll get a recording with you. Or you can simply leave us a 60 second voicemail at anchor.fm slash keepingtheyuletidegay. My future Christmas memories, um, I'm looking forward to 
taking traditions from my Christmas past and establishing those with my child, my two children that are on the way. Um, and then being able to create new traditions. And um, I'm a little bit inspired by you, Jason, because I love how in um, in keeping the Yuletide gay, you introduce all kinds of different Christmas traditions from Christmas, different cultures. And, and I like the idea of kind of every year introducing them to, to something from Christmas from a different culture so that they're, they're getting exposed to that. And if there's any that they really latch onto, they can become part of our annual, uh, tradition. Um, but then every year they get the chance to like have a little glimpse of Christmas, um, from somewhere else. Well, that wraps up this month's episode. Thank you again for listening to Keeping the Yuletide Gay. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to be notified when new episodes air. And we hope you come back for our next episode as we continue to put the mess in Christmas. Bye. Thank you for listening to Keeping the Yuletide Gay. Don't forget, if you need more Gason in your life to listen to my other podcast, Gabbing with Gason. And you can find more information about that and Keeping the Yuletide Gay at our website, gabbingwithgason.com. The first Noel, O Christmas Tree, we wish you a Merry Christmas, Bring a Torch Isabella, The Twelve Days of Christmas, and Silent Night the Disco Edition are all provided by FreeXmasMP3.com. Other music and sounds used in this episode are the properties of the individual copyright holders, and they are used for purposes of commentary and review. No infringement is intended.